0: If you've ever stopped at a railway crossing and the signals are flashing and you don't see the train or it looks like it's moving slow and you're thinking maybe you could get across the tracks before the train comes, think about this. In 2018 alone, 270 people were killed at railroad crossings. 270. Stop. Trains can't. Welcome to Ringer MC. Back on a Thursday, I'm your host, Donnie Kwok. With me, as always, the main man, Micah Peters. What is up with it? We're also joined by Shaker Saman.
1: What's going on, man? I decided to wear my most obscure jersey today. It's great. Which one is it? Oh,
2: it's Detroit City FC.
1: I wasn't even looking Detroit at that. Detroit City FC, we got a fourth tier american sports team from the npsl got the big chevy dealers like cross oh, yeah. <laughs> on it it's
2: it's it's, it's actually i'm kind of you know i'm hating right now a little bit i'm not gonna I, lie shocker,
0: shocker never disappoints we are recording on a thursday and not a wednesday because i was traveling and so i missed what was possibly the best champions league match ever what do you guys think you know, I actually put a poll on Twitter
2: about this uh, immediately after the game was over because, you know, I was lightheaded and the room was spinning. And I said, was that crazier than the 2005 final in Istanbul between AC Milan and Liverpool? Mm. Half of it was from uh, from from three from 3,292 votes. 53% of those were get some sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was definitely a recency bias thing. Uh, but I mean, to be fair, the 2005 final had no lead changes, uh, although it did end in penalties, but it featured yeah, Steven Gerrard, say, and therefore it was worse. It, it featured was... St- Steven Gerrard and a, a very,
0: a fairly outmatched Liverpool team, <laughs> which is what made it so amazing.
1: Yeah,
0: I was going to say like something about ending in penalties, kind of almost disqualify. Although the stakes are obviously higher in a final, it feels like in a second leg when like a victory or a defeat is instantaneous.
1: It's like yeah. choose your discounting fighter, VAR or penalties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are, of course, talking about the Champions League quarterfinal second leg between Manchester City and Tottenham Hotspur at the Etihad. It finished 4-3 on the night to City, 4-4 on aggregate, and Spurs, fucking Spurs, advanced on away goals. The match had everything. I kept hearing everyone say the match had everything. One thing it didn't have, there weren't really any like handbags or fights or anything. That kind of you know, like a Roy Keane, Patrick Vieira moment.
2: <laughs> I feel like you were you Am might the have been, I, you might have been the only person watching this game and like sitting there thinking, "Damn, somebody bite somebody and make this real." <laughs> yeah, throw the hand. This yeah, isn't like, worth this it. is.
0: <laughs> I thought they, I thought actually in the very beginning. Of course, let me put everything into context here. I missed the match totally. I was on a plane on a Korean airplane flying back from Seoul, uh, so I only could catch. Th- you know, uh, the score when I landed, and then I watched the replay this morning. Uh, there was a moment in the very beginning where Bernardo Silva kind of bundled into or pushed Danny Rose, and he popped up you know, looking for the smoke, but nothing happened. So
1: <laughs> I-, I, think, I think no fights because uh, half of Tottenham's team was out, including Kane, who I would have pegged immediately as, oh yeah, this guy will throw some blows.
2: <laughs> Did you see the celebration <laughs> video after the game was over? It yeah, was just yeah, kind yeah. of like a just... I mean, he was yelling, like, you know, come on, boys, I love it, or whatever, but it was more so just like, it, you could see the sadness in his eyes, he was just like, damn, without Hello, me?
1: darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, let's just quickly summarize the game. I'll summarize it real quickly. There were four goals in the first, what, 20 minutes? Five uh, goals in the first? 20 five minutes, in, goals, the first
1: in the first 21, first four
2: in the first 11. A better way of summarizing was it took 18 minutes before there was an attempt on goal that did not result in an actual goal. Good God. Okay.
1: <laughs> Great
0: stat. And as the game, you know, so Spurs came in with a 1-0 lead. And as, you know, they were trading scores, it was like City were up, City were through. Uh, Spurs scored t- two goals, and then uh, City needed four, and blah, blah, blah. I kept going back and forth where uh, the deficit, as the deficit changed, or as the scoreline changed, uh, it was like City going through or Spurs are going through all the way until the very end, which we'll get to. Uh, First of all, I just put together a series of questions here for you guys to answer about the match. We talked about the first 20 minutes, the first 21 minutes. And in the final 20 minutes, there were two VAR incidents and, of course, Raheem Sterling's goal... Uh, disallowed at the very end in uh, stoppage time. Which did you find more exciting, the
1: first 20 or the last 20? (laughs) Uh, I'd say definitely the first 20, uh, if only because— So, you know, coming into this game in past, Pep seems like he's a tinkerer. He'll over-tinker sometimes to his team's detriment.
2: He definitely overthought in the first leg, and there was more of that in this leg I mean, like no, but continue,
1: like, yeah, yeah, no, I just meant like he came out the the eleven that they started the game with seemed like a smart eleven that you would start the game with There wasn't any weird exclusions for the most part. They were an attacking four three three that ended up weirdly shifting to like a four one five, and it worked. They scored three goals in twenty one minutes, unfortunately, <laughs> <yeah>.
2: <laughs> they were also just i mean, the defense was i mean like on both sides was a shambles, mm-hmm. I mean. Again, I was joking about blaming this on the jersey combination. It was the teal jerseys versus the baby blue ones, and I was just thinking that like it's it's exactly like if you're playing FIFA and it's just let
0: let let me pause on that. Because the football ramble, I was just listening to their podcast. They mentioned the kick clash as well as possibly responsible for some of the defensive errors and even the referees being un- unable to identify the players from each other.
1: Oh, this isn't one of like My- Micah's wild theories. This is
0: a real thing people are talking
2: I about. I mean, like this had to. It, this I, come on. That, like, I just <laughs> have to
0: say. I just have to say that like these athletic manufacturers are, you know, millions, tens and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars for these shirt sponsorships and, and, and for, you know, like these, uh, manufacturers to make the jerseys, they make fucking like four kits a year. How is it possible that two kits on the pitch at the same time are even remotely close to each other? Isn't that the purpose of a change kit? This
1: is genuinely like, uh, when FIFA 06 came out, we brought my GameCube to Syria to my grandparents' house and they only had a black and white TV. And so we could never use two teams that had jerseys with the same kind of white on their shoulders, because we could <laughs> never tell them. Apart. Just,
0: why why the fuck did Spurs not wear white? It it makes no sense. Okay, so anyway, continue. Sorry. Is it after Labor
1: Day? You're not <laughs> supposed to do that.
2: Uh, there are no rules anymore as far as it goes to menswear. Um but anyway, like like I was saying, like there sure, if you want to blame it on the the kit comment the kit clash, sure. Um, but also, I mean, again, like City's defense was a shambles, and so was Tottenham's. I mean, like in the first 20 minutes, I think I'm so Imer Laporte perfectly laid off the ball to to son, mm-hmm. then also gave up a like a, got dispossessed by Lucas Moore at midfield, which set up the second. Um, I mean, like, Vincent Company was a bystander the whole time. Kyle Walker got sold a fake on the
1: second. I mean, like, everybody—it was a mess. It was an absolute mess. Here's all you need to know <laughs> is that, um, you know, City scored four goals in this game, right? Kevin De Bruyne had three assists. Amre LaPorte technically had two. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, but, I mean,
2: like, if you're going to go with the first minutes, I guess I have to go with the last 20 minutes. Just because I have never seen a finish like that. Like it is, it was absolutely, ins- and the thing is that in Slack after, I mean like after City pulled ahead and it was, we were just like, oh, well, you know, like fun's over, Ryan Sterling scored again, it, like City's going through the semifinals. I, I, it was Miles, I think Miles said it first. Miles said it first, he was just like, nah, I kind of feel like there's going to be like a trash Fernando Oriente goal. In the 88th minute. It was the 73rd, but it was but he was right. <laughs> Kevin
1: Clark chimed in and agreed. Before the game started, my buddy who I was talking to about the game, he was like, nah, you know, City's going to have—he's a City fan. City's going to have it. Look at this Tottenham bench. There's nobody on it that you know. And I said, well, you know, I remember Llorente being pretty good. And he's like, nah, that, you're, you're wrong. He's trash.
0: Llorente, <laughs> of course, was only in the game because— Musa Sissoko uh, picked up a knock in the first half, and so yeah. that was like getting absolutely pants by Kevin De Bruyne again. A little proof positive there of uh, Tottenham's kind of shallow bench. That that was the uh, that was the substitution that he made. <laughs> anyway, this leads into the second, the follow up question, which is again VAR in or out on VAR? Should we go over both decisions? All right, let's talk about the Lorente one first. It was ruled a goal replay showed and they were showing in such super slow-mo that you could see actually the ball like his arm muscles reacting to the ball I guess uh, are rippling a little bit as the ball kind of nicked off his elbow from a Another vantage point, it looked like it kind of went off Laporte. Did you guys think that was a good goal or a bad goal?
1: So I— Or, an, or a no goal. So I I have some kind of—some issue with the review here in that they apparently only let the referees see one angle of this goal. And on television, we had an extra angle from behind the goal that showed his arm tense up. Which is already, to me, like, what the fuck?
0: If—, if If VAR is going to work, the referees need to have access to every single angle possible. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. No,
1: no, you're fine. And I agree completely. It was one of those things where—and I was listening to uh, the ESPN FC pod this morning before I came in, and it might have been like Shaka Hislop or something who basically said, you know, in the past it might have been fine that, you know, it bounces off his arm, but it's inconsequential. But the way that the rules are written now, if any part of his arm touches the ball before it goes in net, even if it's not on purpose, it's a disallowed goal. Right.
2: Well, isn't that 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 wording of of the rule doesn't go into effect until next season, right? Oh, possibly. I'm taking I'm taking, yeah, yeah, taking shot at face value. No, oh, well, oh, okay. Well, I was just saying that the intention, like I I've we talked mm-hmm. we've talked about that on this podcast about the them they're removing intention from the
0: handball rule, mm-hmm. but
2: I didn't think it was supposed to go into effect until next season.
0: Not to not to further confuse things, but I feel like that the intention part on, is removed only as it applies to.
1: The scoring of a goal mm-hmm. okay not at, not as like a defender totally and and so like to, to answer your broader question in on var i think based on the angles that the referees had for both calls they made the right call in on var it, they had rather they get it there right it
2: wasn't enough to overturn either exactly decision. which yeah. we see
1: in every other sport where we have review my my issue lies more in that if we have these other angles that are available as viewers, why aren't the referees getting these same angles? Why can I, on a laptop stream, bootlegged off of, like, seven yeah. different servers? Why can I see the rippling in— Don't tell on yourself, Jonathan. He <laughs> I mean, you didn't say exactly where. Arrest like, me. I don't like Unlike know. you.
0: <laughs> but, but, so the Sterling goal at the death, which would have put City through, um, Aguero was a hair offside. It was basically a suicidal pass by Christian Eriksen that was deflected uh, by Bernardo Silva which then made Aguero in an off, in, in offsides position. But it was really, this goes back to the Rory Smith opinion about offsides with the spirit of the law and the letter of the law. I think he was, yes, technically, you know, a hair, a shoe, uh, whatever, a toenail offside, but it seems unjust to me. So maybe I'm not actually out on VAR, more so out on the offsides law. I don't know. What do you think, Michael? Um,
2: well, the thing is that, like, what we're talking about is what VAR would— you know, in a perfect universe, uh, mitigate, which is endless debates over refereeing decisions, it's only intensified. Like, what we're seeing is the paucity of the language around the rules of the game. (laughs) Like, say, for instance... well said,
0: well said. That's a soundbite. Almost like you're (laughs) a writer.
2: It's it's been known to happen from time to time, guys. So, like, the the offside offense, as it's written now, is a player in an offside position at the moment the ball is played or touched by a teammate is only penalized on becoming involved in the act of play by interfering with play by playing or touching the ball passed or touched by a teammate or interfering with opponent, blah, 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 See, blah, 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 language, blah, blah. by that language, I
0: don't think Aguero was offside.
2: See, but the thing is, is that, like, there is, like, a small... There's, like, a smidgen of wiggle room in there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. technically, there's not enough if it was ruled on the field offside, to overturn that, which yeah. doesn't feel just, but... Because it was I mean, such a pretty Var's goal. Credit, it though, really was to, pretty,
0: and, like... It was, a, it was a pretty goal. It was a pretty celebration. It was a great moment in the stadium. I'm a total neutral here, so... Yeah. You know, but to VAR's credit, we've talked at length before about VAR and how it seems like an interminable time for them to make a decision. And this one, they didn't even... You know, the ref didn't even really have to go to the TV. I think it was just, like, in his earpiece, because it... it it just appeared on the, the overhead screen. Like everybody in this, it, I, obviously I wasn't at the game, but the, the the stadium mood was crazy after after they announced the goal was disallowed. It seemed like the entire stadium was in dis Well, not in the entire stadium. I guess Spurs fans too. I mean, everybody didn't know what to do. They were in disbelief because they had just watched, you know, the city players and Pep reacting so joyously joyously to the goal hitting the net.
2: I mean like Tottenham fans inside of 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 their stadium had lived and died many <laughs> times by that point. So it's just kind of like and a yeah, thousand rebirths. Just they could like it was the 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 crowd reaction itself were just of disbelief like on their it, it, part did, and
0: on Did this- you guys happen to see the end of the The IIHF women's hockey final between Finland and the U.S.? No,
2: you know I I didn't. didn't. (laughs)
0: I'm sorry. Okay, it reminded me of that. Just long story short is that Finland were the home team, actually. They scored in overtime, and they had a huge celebration. You know, overtime is sudden death, and all the players poured off the bench. They were hugging, kissing, everything and then it went to instant replay and it, and then the goal was disallowed. So it's like super cruel to to have the celebration and then have the decision overturned. I think actually Billy Hazley wrote a column on Deadspin about, you know, VAR may get it right, but it ruins that moment. Or it the best moment in soccer, I guess, is when a goal is scored and now every time anyone scores a goal, there's going to be this question. Well, I mean, and, sure,
2: or, that was like a, a like a refrain during the World Cup is that like they were reviewing everything and it's just kind of this awkward no man's land where you can't celebrate and then once you can, it's just like, well, I don't really even want to now. It's just yeah, like, I'd well, still I rather dis- be right. you know? Yeah, I mean, I'd rather I mean, have like, the of right course, result. you would rather, ha- like, you would rather
0: it be the correct decision.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I actually kind of <laughs> disagree also with Billy H- Hazley's premise, not for the first time, because hmm. I feel like in the South Korea-Germany match, if you remember, the last goal scored, I celebrated with my friends and then it was like going to VAR and then it, the, Goal was upheld, and then we celebrated again doubly hard. So you get maybe an opportunity for two celebrations if the call's in your favor. That is right, yeah, a good and, point.
1: And, and just one, one last thing on talking about, like, the stadium. I feel like uh, I think back to a, a sentence Andrew Gurdodaro wrote on the ringer.com about the Bills. Yeah, what do you call a miracle when you're the victim of it? <laughs> if I'm a City fan, I'm thinking, like, what do I call this? This is an amazing <laughs> moment that I'm suffering through. A tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> one,
0: one other... Topic and a follow-up here that we've talked about also at length on Ringer FC, away goals. So, of course, with the away goals rule and Tottenham carrying a 1-0 lead from the first leg, they advanced. If there were no away goals and it was just played straight up, they might uh, they wouldn't still be playing. They'd have gone to extra time and then possibly penalties. Donnie, I'm still out on away goals. I don't ever yeah. want to hear you I, criticizing yeah, like, away no, goals ever absolutely again. absolutely not. Never,
2: Never again. Not after yesterday can we ever talk about the away goals rule. Like, like,
1: I don't think it would have been fun a, to watch them play Don, Donnie, Donnie you, you started this podcast asking, is this the best Champions League game of all time? <laughs> and then you're saying, what if one of the things that made this unbelievable didn't exist? Like, <laughs> what,
0: if they, what if they traded... <laughs> You know, a couple more goals in extra time wouldn't that have been amazing. It might have been, might have been, might have left no doubt that this was the best Champions League match of all time.
2: I don't think the game would have been as open if there was no away goals rule.
1: Yeah, City wouldn't have had any reason to there really have push, been push as hard. To, yeah. Tottenham, when they were down 4 2, wouldn't have had a reason to push as hard.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, you, Micah, you mentioned earlier when we talked about the opening flurry of goals and, and maybe the match overall that there was a lot of bad defense being played, but. That's one way to look at it. On the other hand, might we just say it's great offense? Or that this era of football is the great offense era?
2: I mean, sure, you could say that. But, (laughs) like, I mean, it only takes looking at any of those goals kind of closely to see that it was... Shambolic defending on either side for the first half hour. Yeah. Like the game yeah, took mostly Laporte, to mostly st- Laporte, mostly Laporte, La and uh, mostly Kieran, Kieran Trippier.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, City did a really good job of with, with their attack up the wings, basically forcing all of. Tottenham's defense to kind of crumple into one side and then because they were essentially running a 4-1-5 could send you know Bernardo Silva untouched up the wing and it's like oh cool he's pretty good he's good (laughs) and like when Kevin De Bruyne like I said you know three assists had like four big chances created like when you have him directing traffic it's it's not when
2: you have him directing traffic and you also have only Victor Wanyama to throw at
0: him oh Victor (laughs) Wanyama All right, well, Shaka, do you have any final conclusions or stats from this match you want to chime yeah,
1: in Yeah, I mean, just one. basically, I think we can talk a lot about VAR or goals, or whatever, but I, to me, the biggest reason, other than Amrik Laporte not being great right now, um, that City is not going through and Tottenham is, is Kevin De Bruyne didn't really play in the first game. Kevin De Bruyne right. played a couple minutes in the first leg of this. He, in that time, in the entire game, you know, City looks lost on offense. In the time that he comes in, he completes three of three passes in the attacking third and one in the penalty area in like two minutes. Um, In this game, he creates, like I said, three assists, four chances created, like a fourth of his team's chances created. He is the director of all of these big moments. Where was he in the first game? You have the most dynamic offensive attacking midfielder in the world right now, probably. And you're just like, nah, we're good. (laughs) So
0: Pep's Reasoning for that was what he they were resting him for what FA Cup semifinal. I, I don't or
2: remember squad rotation. Whatever the yep. reason was, over-tinkering. he was he was over tinkering. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like the same deal for leaving Rosane on the bench until that.
1: If you need, if you're chasing a game, come on. And and I get yeah. you know there's a Premier League race, there's a whatever you have to live up to the expectations of last season. But if you're in a position like City is where. Last season was historically one of the best of all time. The one thing that you have not been able to do as a team is win the Champions League. This team isn't built to win the Premier League. They've done that. It's built to try to win the Champions League. And you leave your best player off of the roster in a game, and it comes back to bite you. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. Pep Guardiola is still the best manager in the world. But, you know, that, that it comes back to bite you. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting
0: how—I mean, let's not forget that Kunoguero missed a penalty in that first leg. And I blame
1: his bleach blonde hair. <laughs> Listen.
0: I think, look, we've been talking about, uh, you know, the City quadruple for the whole year now, and now it's down to, well, I guess it could still do a treble. But if they don't win the league, we could look at Mares' missed penalty against Liverpool. The fact that Aguero missed that penalty in the first leg, obviously things could have changed in the in, throughout the rest of that match and the second leg. But, I mean, it could be two missed penalties that doom City to only the Carabao Cup this season. <laughs> Uh. Anyway, with that note, it's only right that we bring in the only Spurs fan at the ringer, Kevin Clark. Kevin, where are you calling from?
3: I'm calling from Orlando. What a shot to Sean Yu. Yeah. <laughs> fellow Spurs. This is Sean Yu Eraser. Wow. Oh, Sean Yu sorry. who
2: has worn his Sonny jersey for every Tottenham Champions League game to the You office. know how like
0: when Yao, you know how like when Yao Ming was on the Rockets, they were the Yao fans and Rocket fans? Like I feel like Sean Yu is a Sun fan, not a Spurs fan. <laughs> if 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 if, Sp- <laughs> if Sun went to Barcelona, he would become a Barcelona fan. Anyway, Kevin, where were you watching this game? In in Orlando? Uh-huh.
3: What's well, funny, yeah, I was in Orlando and I was watching my family's TV. And it's funny because the last game of any kind that I watched on that television was was the Chiefs-Rams Monday Night Football game, which is amazing because this was the Chiefs and Rams of soccer. I mean, it was just like, okay. goal, 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 goal. It was awesome. And so this TV has magical powers, and now I need to watch every game on it.
0: This TV, it's blessed. You should watch every sporting match on that TV. What, what was your reaction when... Um... Sterling scored the goal that was eventually disallowed. Were you like, oh no, Spursy again? And and like,
3: um, yeah, no, of course, I, I would like to be very honest here. After the <laughs> Sterling goal, I turned the game off. The call was something like, you know, Sterling, global superstar, whatever. And I was like, I've I've seen enough of this, and I just turned <laughs> it off. And then and then I. I did something. I forget what it was, and then I got a drink of water, got a new coffee or something, and I came back, and I was like, you know, there's still two minutes left. I might as well, yeah, I might as well see, make sure they're not going to score some miracle goal. And I turned it back on, and it said four three, and I, I was just like, is my is this, is is my cable box acting up? I have no idea. And then I I kind of figured it out, and then there was the final whistle, and then I and then I it was it was so. Surreal. It was almost like like a Twilight Zone episode where you just like turn. It's like I I turned soccer off and then turned it back on again and everything was fixed. <laughs> <laughs> much,
0: much like Musa Sissoko, actually, I don't know if you read that he didn't know after the Sterling goal he thought that Spurs were out and so he he didn't know that they had won until after. I guess people were coming in the locker room celebrating.
1: What I got from uh, that is that Kevin is Musa Sissoko. I've okay. never seen them both in the same room at the same time.
3: We were we were watching <laughs> wow. the game together. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kevin, as a, as a long-time
0: Spurs fan, is this is this result yeah. what you would call like a game changer for the club, or at least the modern era of the club?
3: Maybe. I mean, if we lose to Ajax in the semis, I think that that is this is this is obviously going to be one of the best nights in the history of the club. But I, I think it's going to be a little bittersweet if we, we lose the next round. I think there's no shame whatsoever in losing to, to Barcelona in the final if if that half happens. Um, but I still feel like there's ways to go to erase sort of the broader perception of Spurs. I've never, I, I've sort of thought that the whole Spurs thing was, was always a bit overrated. I never really bought into it. Um, you know, if you really want to rag on teams, there's a lot crappier teams than than Spurs officially finished <laughs> top four and have won a lot of big games and have beaten a lot of big teams. Um, and so I, I, but I think that from the sort of worldwide perception, they have to close out against Ajax for the the, the book to be closed on that sort of uh, narrative.
0: Now, for Daniel Levy and, or, you know, like for fans that are constantly calling for Spurs to buy players, buy players because they never do, uh, does getting to a Champions League semifinal and possibly a final and possibly lifting the big old jug ears mean that they don't actually need to buy players?
3: Um. <laughs> I think buying players is better than not buying players, okay? Like, I, I just, having extra guys is good. We bought Soko for a club record fee. It took him a while to get in the mix and, and for him to become the best player in the world, but obviously it <laughs> happened. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, I, I I believe in the development of Paschino and he can sort of, really make anybody better, I think. Uh, certainly, unless they're, they're the top, top, top player, you're, I think you're going to become better under Pach. I think we've, we've seen that in the past. Um, I, I think that the buy-in takes a little bit. I think the system is important. You know, Pach said before, he'd rather play youth players than new signings or whatever it gives, it, because he prefers sort of system and work rate over certain types of players. And, you know, we saw that. In, the, the remarkable thing, I think, is both Stone and Lamella have both been on the verge of being sold because they didn't look like a system fit until they were. Um, And so I think that um, pots working these guys in is really valuable. But I also think that if we go out and buy players, we get in a sort of top tier player market that can only help us. I don't think that we have to go out and, and address a certain thing, by the way, I mean, we have not to arson banger this, but you know, next year when we get Harry Kane back, uh, you know, whenever Eric Dyer gets back, those are like new signings, okay? We might win the Champions <laughs> <new> League. <laughs> we might win the Champions League without Harry Kane. I mean, it's it's kind of incredible. So I'm sort of on the fence about signings. i, I sort of um I Lord knows and I'm extremely comfortable saying I know more than someone who works for a team or whatever, but I, I really do trust Mauricio Pochettino to 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 build that squad.
1: Assuming he's
0: still Tr- there. Yeah. No, he's gonna be there. Where is he gonna go? <laughs> Kevin, I know you need to run. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk after Tottenham crash out against Ajax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think we'll be talking.
3: If, if that happens, I will not be calling in. I'll say that much.
0: <laughs> right. Peace out, Kevin. See you guys. And now in the studio. Yeah. We had a Spurs fan, Kevin Clark. Now we have a City fan. Y'all know the name? Tyler Tynes. You're
4: What's up, Tyler? Too perfect. Too pretty. All right. <laughs>
1: y'all lost Tyler doesn't do you know
2: did you watch the game <laughs> do, you, do you know
1: what happened Tyler, Tyler also turned it off when here? the Sterling goal went in you
0: just replayed it on FIFA so it's all good now. I took my pants
4: <laughs> off shit was great
0: Tyler I'll ask you the same question I just asked Kevin how did you feel after Raheem Sterling scored in stoppage time and then the goal was disallowed take me through the
4: emotions first of all I'm gonna say a few things here all right. I know Raheem Sterling is your favorite player too. V A R racist. All right. It's anti-black. That's just that's just let's just start there. All right. Second that's of what all, the R stands for? Video yeah, stands stand for racism. Um, you know, I don't respect Kevin Clark, you know,
1: or any Tottenham fans.
2: <laughs> Jesus right. Christ. All, you know, came you know. on
4: the podcast just firing, huh? <laughs> this is, yeah, we, now we're here oh, now. First I'm time pretty long sure time. this is a mild start. <laughs> It's a mild start. All I'm saying is, every Tottenham fan I met is either bald or broke, so I don't respect him. All right, wow. Let's, let's, let's go to two. Let's go to two. But all Kevin right. Clark is neither. But continue. I don't, I don't know what's going on with him. You know, I don't know what's going on with him. I, ask him about that. You know, I'm just telling you what the streets told me. I was real sad, man, yeah. because you know they call Raheem a global superstar, and you know I, I was happy they uh, put some respect on the prince that was promised. Yeah. But. That that was really crushing. I, You know, I, it's like I took my pants off for no reason. I had to put them back on. It's crazy. <laughs> what What
0: did you think of the call itself? We talked about it earlier before you came, but did you think that that was justly overturned?
4: Beyond, I mean, like, beyond the no. racism? No. I mean, like, beyond, like, like if you're going to throw the racism out, like, from a <laughs> practical standpoint, it was bullshit. So, I mean, I I just would never do that to somebody as pretty as Raheem Sterling. Like, he doesn't deserve that. All he is, you gotta go to the New York Times, talk about fans leaving him alone, and y'all wanna take this man, is that his hat trick away? That's corny.
0: Yeah, I mean, the fact that it would've completed a probably what would've been an infamous you know, hat trick is you know, I, I'd have tatted, tatted his face in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a City supporter, uh, we're looking at Pep Guardiola now. Since winning two Champions Leagues with Barcelona, he's had, what, with, he never won it with Bayern. Nope. This is three straight seasons with City where he's, you know, his team, City have gone out before, this, before the semifinals. It was the round of 16, his first season, quarterfinal last season against Monaco, I believe, quarterfinal
4: this season. Have you lost any faith? Nah, man. I mean, he just got his regular flaws, right? Like he don't really like, you know, African players. But other than that, you know, Pep, pep out here with his infinity scarves, getting it popping. Um, You're talking about his beef with Yaya Toure, <laughs> and like every black player that's ever existed, my man doesn't want to play Sane at all, which you know. But how do you explain that? Star- makes sense. How do you explain Sterling? Well, you know, he transcends, so it's, it's different out here for him. You know, um, maybe it's just light-skinned black players. I don't know. I don't know. All I know. Because too. See, he hates that boy. Um. I don't know. There's definitely a, a, a problem with oversimplification here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man loves to start slow, which is why we got ran by some corny players in Tottenham in a 1 0 game. And so the, the oversimplification of his tactics at times in the Champions Leagues can be very frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we got oil money. Yeah. I ain't that mad. Yeah. You got the pet. And Tottenham about to lose to a bunch of 18 year olds. So, I mean, that's <laughs> embarrassing. Couldn't be me. Do you feel. You do you feel you'll be somewhat
0: vindicated because City play Tottenham again on the weekend on Saturday. we are gonna beat their ass. Yeah, do you, would you will you feel
4: some vindication if you win like five nil? I don't I don't really need vindication because this does not hurt my feelings. Right? You know, if if a if a loser club wants to feel good about beating the big dogs, you know, power to you. You know, it's it's like when Larry Bird beat the Lakers that one time. Like, all right, you know, that's cool that's cool for your mantle. But like for me, we about to win the league, baby. So... Mike and Shaka, you can't see this, but like a single tear just rolled down Tyler's cheek. I was
3: about to say, did, didn't he just <laughs> say he like got
1: <laughs>
4: he got upset and
1: took his pants off for no reason? <laughs> I need you to nah, pick away. It, like, it was a, a reason. It was a reason. Yeah, hey, man. Is I get, it I get, like I get, Tyler? I, I get the it,
2: feeling... Is it Uchi Wally or is it one Mike? Did you cry? Did you... Or,
0: or are you... You guys... I, I get the feeling Tyler takes his pants off for no reason. A lot, nah, I mean, a lot they, of times.
4: They, they be off, man. You know. Gotta breathe out here.
0: No, but to be... All jokes aside, I think you know Pep has won everything he can with City. Uh, City have already won the league. I think this was like the, this is the one trophy that I feel like uh, the board and he wants to win badly. So I think yeah. crashing out at this stage, especially the way they did, is going to hurt their psyche at least. So how do you feel about you know the rest of the league? So they're two points back of Liverpool with a match in hand. So five matches to go. How confident are you that they're going to win the league
4: again? If, again, if they don't, if they don't win the league, I'd be sad. I mean. I'd be sad, but I don't. I don't feel like they're going to lose the league. You know, like there's no trouble in my heart. I mean, it sucks to lose that Champions League game to racism, but we're going to win the league. So I mean, you know, (laughs) why wouldn't? Wouldn't they have disallowed Sterling's other two goals? Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. We
0: We try to make progress. (laughs) Which, all right, Tyler. Since our our time is wrapping up here, let me ask you. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, which player on City you hate or despise or would want to ship out?
4: Um, Laporte. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like I, 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 I do not. Oh, that's yeah, how you say his shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I respect his name. It, I mean, like he it's doesn't more respect so pronunciation. I like, respect that man name. Eh? He
2: is has a very good reputation for being a ball playing center back, but has, I mean, like if you really think about it, has looked suspect defensively more like more often than you would find comfortable for being at, at the at like a, o- a center occasionally
1: back he looks like the dream distributor center back exactly and sometimes because he kind of can't match that all the time he makes boneheaded mistakes like he did against Tottenham
4: he also occasionally looks like the poster child for not you know for like not using nicotine, you know? So like, I I, I hate him. His hips don't work, right? Like, get him off my team, you know? Like, let Odomendi run into people for, for 90 you minutes. You really I don't wanted care. to
2: have Odomendi chasing Lucas Moore and Son around the pitch you, in a disorganized defense. I was about to say, did you watch the World poppin'. Cup?
1: Did you see how, how badly that strategy worked <laughs>
4: for, for Argentina? Yeah, it was trash. But, I mean, listen, anything's better than, than than young man. I mean, I won't even say his name. I don't respect him. Wow. <laughs> Gang ties only. <laughs> so Tyler doesn't respect Laporte
2: or Kevin Clark loves- or Sean you or Sean you. Oh no, nah, Sean or, my dog or or Spurs 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 fans who are invariably bald and broke.
4: <clears throat> I mean, it's y'all words.
0: <laughs> anyway, on that note, Tyler, thank you for joining us. Yeah, appreciate you.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Tyler. I, I'm just
1: glad that I'm a I, Chelsea fan as someone who is balding and broke.
0: <laughs> Tyler has left. Kevin's off the phone. Chakra had to run off. It's just me and you, Micah. Yeah. Uh, it so, is. Now continue. Oh, I was going to say, as I mentioned, I was in, on a plane uh, returning from Korea while this uh, City Spurs match was happening. I was also in Korea for the other Champions League matches, which unfortunately, because of the time zone, were happening while I was asleep. So I wanted to give you a couple minutes to talk about uh, Bar- Barcelona's first ever win at Old Trafford, uh, beating United 3-0. Did you uh, have any hope coming into the second leg that you could overturn the deficit? And how did you feel about the match? Uh,
2: yes, uh, I did have some hope that we could overturn the deficit. It was a fragile hope, just because if you really were watching the first leg, after Barcelona scored, they kind of looked like they could be got at Um I mean, it didn't, I I don't know if necessarily United was the team to get at them, but it was possible, you know, going into the second leg, you heard stuff about Mike Phelan talking about Paul Pogba saying that, you know, like he's unfinished as a player. He has a lot to improve. Like you need him to step up in this game. And you thought that maybe, you know, this would be it. There's a there's kind of a feeling that maybe they could overturn it. And then you get punched in the dick twice in the first minutes <laughs> with uh, two goals from the best player on earth. Uh, you know, like there's there's no accounting for Leo Messi. Also, it's just that whatever are the changes in circumstances have been at United with Ole's appointment with these Changes in the coaching personnel, so on and so forth. We are still going to be suffering from the same problems, which is that we are starting Phil Jones and Chris Balling at that, that's still our, our most stable center back pairing, which is a problem. And also, Ashley Young playing meaningful minutes at outside
0: back and getting torched um, was again yeah, if a problem. It feels if, if is, is it fair to say that kind of like the afterglow of the Ole, you know, manager bump? and and full-time appointment has subsided now well i mean
2: yeah we've lost five out of the last seven it's and i mean like it's we like it can still wait until the summer to have anything definitive to say about it you i mean like i said before that you know like there's probably going to be a dip after he gets the contract
0: right um so two points out of fourth i mean i would imagine top four is kind of mandatory right
2: I also don't feel like it's going to happen. I feel like we're gonna yep. be a Europa League team next year and it's gonna make re- recruitment difficult. Um, I'm really yeah. just hoping at this point that we get Paul Mitchell uh for our sport the the RB Lights uh sporting director for our foot director of football because not I would not
0: the Australian hair product dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no. Um Uh, But yeah, uh, like it was, you know. I I like you're saying you're setting your expectations
0: low. I respect that. Which
2: I I think that I can't remember if it was Barney Roney that wrote about this in the Guardian, or maybe it was a piece on the Telegraph. But kind of thinking of the Ole appointment as lowering fans' expectations, like making us okay with not being like what we once were. I mean, like because I mean, if you think about it, we've had much of the same problems that we had before he showed up, but we feel
0: better about them. Right, 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 right. Uh, let's quickly talk about Ajax. Uh, shout out to our dearly departed Ryan O'Hanlon, who called Ajax in the Champions League semifinal. Here they are.
2: Oh, man. I Again, like I was saying, it's just like this had the most potential to be the most like Ajax versus Real Madrid. They have now bounced Juventus and Real Madrid. Um, they slayed the mighty Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was wildly satisfying, and it wasn't like again, it wasn't th- their 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 run into the semifinals has not been fluky by any stretch i mean like they have s- they soundly beat both teams, and i they are just such a joy to watch I mean like they play with and, absolutely no fear
0: yeah, I think you know the Spurs IX semifinal is going to be. Is going to be the one that's kind of like two team, two teams that are punching above their weight a little bit. So it should be exciting. We should mention Liverpool went by Porto with ease, uh, unlike what I predicted. So Spurs and Ajax, Liverpool, Barcelona. Who's going to be in Madrid mm. in the final? Spurs and Ajax,
2: Barcelona. I think it's going to end up being...
0: You know what? I really do think it's going to end up being Barcelona and Ajax. Wow, wow. I'm going to say Spurs and Barcelona. Maybe I'm reverse jinxing Spurs. Uh, We should quickly mention European. I'm sorry, European.
2: According to 538, Liverpool has the best chances of winning
0: the Champions League title. Yeah, those are all Liverpool fans, though. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) The Europa League semifinals are set. I know you're excited about that, Micah. Arsenal and Valencia. I should say Valencia and Chelsea and Eintracht Frankfurt. Those are the two semifinals. So we're still looking like we might have an Arsenal Chelsea Europa League final. Let's close this episode, Mike. I'm going to give you a trivia question. Hopefully, it doesn't take too long for you to answer. Okay. Are you ready? Shoot. In the Champions League semifinals, those four teams I mentioned Tottenham, Ajax, Liverpool, Barcelona, there are eight former Southampton players. Can you name four of them?
2: Eight former Southampton players on those teams?
0: Yes. Uh, and, and Evan, you can cut out any of the dead time as Micah's brainwaves start <laughs> undulating. Undulate. <laughs> um, ding, ding, uh, ding. Victor
2: Wonyama. Correct. Dayan Lovren. Correct. Dusan Tadic. Correct. And, uh, oh, I guess I can just say Adam Lalana.
0: Correct. Wow. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Full marks to you, Micah. The other players you didn't mention, of course, Liverpool's Sadio Mane and Virgil van Dijk, mm-hmm. Tot- Tottenham backup keeper Paolo Gazinga, and Tottenham defender Toby Alderweireld. So props to the Southampton Academy. We're not even props mentioning that.
2: Props Poch- to Paul Mitchell. That was his
0: doing. We should also mention Pochettino, former Southampton man- manager, and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who hasn't played a minute in the Champions League this season, but is also a product of the Southampton Academy. So props to them. Anyway, Micah, thank you for joining me. When we when we're back in two weeks, we'll talk about these semifinals as well as the final matches of the Premier League season. So thank you. Of course. Peace everybody. See you in two weeks. Here's good news. The number of collisions involving a train and a railway crossing is down 83% from its peak in the 1970s. Here's bad news. There are still more than 2,000 incidents a year. Stop. Trains can't.